Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. In biblical and historical parlance, it's referred to as wisdom literature, and it is by definition a collection of statements by sages and the wise offering teachings about divinity and virtue. Simply put, the ways of living a truly good life. Well, the Old Testament book of Proverbs is one such example of wisdom literature, and it is the source of today's message, which is entitled Nurturing a Good Name, and is based on some of the Proverbs found in chapter 22, the verses numbered 1 through 11. We start, however, with some long-ago memories of my brief time as a sharer of wisdom, Well, going through some scrapbooks and photo albums up at my mother's house this week, I came across something I literally had not thought about in years. Here's a, a, a little known fact about your pastor. You may not have heard this before. I found clippings from the newspaper column your pastor wrote for a couple of years in our hometown's little weekly paper, the Katahdin Journal. I'm just going to pause and let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> now, actually, that's not quite as impressive as it might sound. Basically, folks, I was a high school reporter, and the column was a weekly conglomeration of basketball scores, student events, and teacher interviews. But I do got to say, even all these years later, it was kind of neat since in those days I fancied myself as a latter-day John Boy Walton, writing something that actually ended up in print was a thrill for me. And admittedly, the, uh, the minor nor notoriety it garnered me in my hometown wasn't too bad either. It was fun to read a couple of those columns again. But I got to tell you what really made me laugh came at the end of my weekly report. You see, folks, I, early on, I had gotten into the habit of ending each column with a quotable quote. And the quote was usually along the lines of this. Until next week, think about this. To get ahead in life, don't stare up the steps. Step up the stairs. Thank you. Or, and here was another one, till next time, ask yourself this question. Is your mind open or is it just vacant? <laughs> you get the idea. Just little one-line bits of wisdom that I'd scoured out of quotation books and my family's small collections of Ideals magazine. Remember Ideals? In retrospect, I now realize it was a early foray into church newsletter writing. <laughs> and yes, I'll confess here, it was more than a little bit cornball at times. But as it turned out, folks, it was also quite popular. In fact, what I started to find out, I did this column for three years, and what I started to find out early on was that the thing that people remembered most about what I had written were these silly little quotes I'd stuck in the last paragraph. People regularly started to ask me about quotes and where I'd found them, who wrote them. 
I think my English teachers were quizzing me about it, but I digress. And even the newspaper editor confessed to me that if on a particular week he had to cut that paragraph out for lack of space, he'd inevitably get a phone call from some irate reader asking where it was. <laughs> but the best thing of all, the coolest thing of all, friends, was I would go over to my friend's house and, and I would see these tiny little clippings from the end of my column on their refrigerator door. How cool was that? It got to the point, quite honestly, where I ended up spending nearly as much time finding good quotes as I did writing the column. I even managed uh, to get a couple of Bible verses in there, which was quite a trick, considering the decidedly non-religious nature of my editor at the time. I suppose it was an early indicator that my destiny did not lie in the world of hardcore journalism but rather behind a pulpit. But it was also a small lesson in the truth that people need, people want, people appreciate some encouragement in their lives. Even when that encourage comes in the form of a pithy little saying. To put this another way, we all need some proverbs in our lives. And that is what our text this morning is all about. By definition, friends, Proverbs are short, one-sentence bits of wisdom drawn from everyday human experience. And they are intended to help us find our way in a confusing world. Or as uh, Alice McKenzie of the Perkins School of Theology and Southern Methodist University has said it, Proverbs help to create order and reliability in an often unreliable world. Historically speaking, biblical scholars believe that what we know as the book of Proverbs arose during a time of, of great social upheaval and moral dissolution in Israel. It was a period when society was rife with corruption and moral weakness, which means that a great deal of what we read in this part of scripture grew out of a time, sadly, much like our own. A moment in time when culture seemed to be in chaos, when accepted ways were becoming unglued and old truths were being questioned. What's needed in such times, you see, is an affirmation. A reminder, writes William Willimon, that life has some answers that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, morally speaking, in each generation. Proverbs, Willimon concludes, point the way. It's very true. Most especially, I would say, in times such as these. In fact, it would seem to me that now more than ever, we need some proverbial wisdom in our lives. A worldview that spun not on the dreams of wish, riches or the desire for power or to the wish to prevail over others at all costs, but rather wholly focused on the Word of God. The trouble with the book of Proverbs, of course, is that every verse is its own sermon. If I decided to do a sermon series on Proverbs, it would be about a hundred weeks long. 
And the topics of these uh, proverbs vary widely from verse to verse. Verse From child rearing, you know this one, train children in the right way and when old they will not stray. To care for the poor. Those who are generous are blessed for they share their bread with the poor. To taking a proper attitude towards God's self and others. Those who love a pure heart and are gracious in speech will have the king as a friend. All very rich and powerful affirmations. And if you read for very long in Proverbs, you're going to find much more of that. And, but also, you're going to run headlong into some fairly harsh and explicit advice in dealing with the perverse, the wicked, and those who engage in loose living. Not to mention some verses that, given the times in which they are written, certainly don't jive with our modern sensibilities as regard, say, discipline or the treatment of women and children. Suffice to say, folks, is that there's a whole lot to digest in the book of Proverbs, much more than we can really address here. So maybe what we need to do, at least for our purposes this morning, is to find a way to somehow bring all these proverbs together. And for me, actually, the key can be found in the very first verse we shared today from the 22nd chapter of Proverbs. In the New Revised Standard Version of this, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. What's interesting is that if you ask someone what they want out of life, particularly if you ask someone as they're starting out in life, odds are this person is going to answer that question in one of two ways. Either they are going to tell you something to the effect that they want to be successful, that is, they want to be powerful or popular or influential or rich, or, on the other side, they wish to build a life that is based on happiness and security. You know, what they want is to fall in love, to raise a family, to have a home, to get a job that not only pays the bills but offers some sense of satisfaction. Now, don't misunderstand me here. This is not to say that these two points of view are mutually exclusive from each other, nor is one choice all bad and the other all good. There are those who do seem to have it all, as it were. It is just to suggest that when it comes down in life, most of us end up in one way or another choosing which direction we wish to go. Whether we actually reach the destination we've chosen, it's almost beside the point. What matters is how the choice we've made defines who we are as we go along the way. So, when this proverb for today advises you and me to choose for ourselves a good name over riches, you start to wonder, well, okay then, what is true wisdom? Let me give you a couple examples. For instance, you might remember uh, in one of the online services this summer, I was telling you about how Lisa and I have been binge-watching old seasons of Survivor, you know, the television show. Well, I can share with you at least one thing about that experience. 
that I garnered the insight that the most memorable and prolific players of that million dollar games are not the ones who are super nice to all the other castaways, but they are the ones who engage in cunning and deceit, backstabbing, and a decided lack of personal integrity. Likewise, and I don't have to tell you this, you don't hear an awful lot of politicians running for office these days who focus on the matters, at least solely focus on the matters of one's own goodness, mercy, and worthiness for office. But rather, most often, they're focused on tearing down the character of his or her opponent, even as they are in the same breath railing against negative campaigning. But you see, that's the choice they've made. And how do we dismiss it? We say, well, that's politics as usual. By the same token, however, folks, think for a moment about the handful of people who have meant the most to you in your lives. Family members, friends, teachers, mentors of one sort or another. The people you love and who have loved you. When you describe those people, what do you say? I'm guessing that the first thing you think of to say is that they were kind and generous to you, generous to a fault even, that they could be counted on through thick and thin, that they did so much good for you and for others and for the world without ever saying anything about it. The point here is that these are the people who have personified for you love and faith. They may or may not have ever had anything in their lives approaching worldly success, but they were and are of good character. People who have chosen in their lives to make a good name for themselves. And as far as you're concerned, as far as anyone who knows them is concerned, that is what has made all the difference. The very word character comes from the Greek word characteris, and it means an engraving tool. That is, that which creates and sharpens the unique traits of one's personality. So character does matter, doesn't it? And it matters to you and to me as we walk along the pathways of our lives. Character is determined by the choices that you and I make in how and which way to walk. And not only does that become integral to the, the way that life unfolds for us, but it also has a profound effect on those who walk with us. As theologian and author Stanley Hauerwas has written, be well assured that our character will conform to some account of what's going on in the world. The question is, folks, the question always is, which account and what is that account true? You know, I'm sure I have shared with you before that one question I always ask every couple that comes to me wanting to be married is where they see themselves in, say, five or ten or twenty years. In other words, what would they like to be doing? Where would they like to be? What would they have happen in their lives in that time? 
And I, like I say, I ask that to a lot of couples as, as they're getting ready to be married, but I realize it's a good question for us as well. And it's one we should be asking ourselves from time to time. Basically, it's a question of what we want out of life, even as that life is being lived. How is it that we wish to be seen by others? Be they friends, neighbors, or even strangers. And who is it that we want to look like in terms of who we are? When all is said and done, what is it that we fervently hope that the people who know us will say about us? Will those people say that we were pure of heart and gracious of speech, as Scripture puts it? That we were generous to a fault, that we were kind to others in their distress, that we were cautious and clever at the right time, and that we were people who lived life in humility and fear of the Lord, and thus knew riches and honor and life. Will they say of you and of me that we had a good name? Well, the answers to such questions, and so many others, really and truly come down to the choices we make here and now. What we do today, what we do tomorrow, what we choose to do in every day that comes. Because, beloved, the nurture of a good name is a work that stretches over a lifetime. And it begins and it is rooted in the power and the presence of God. Because as the book of Proverbs reminds us, the rich and the poor have at least this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. So yes, a good name is of greater value than anything the world can provide. So if nothing else, when you leave here today, rest assured that what we do out there as persons and as people as the church of Jesus Christ in this time and place, it matters. And how we are seen in these strange, divisive, and distressing times we're in is not only important, but I believe crucial. May it truly be said of you and of me that the light of our character and the evidence of our wisdom was but a reflection of our God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And may our thanks ever and always be unto God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, Nurturing a Good Name. And it was recorded for our October the 11th outdoor service of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. By the way, you can always join us live for our online services of worship by logging on to Facebook Live on our East Church Facebook page. That happens each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. As these days of pandemic continue, we are finding great value in coming together this way, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I not only thank you for listening today, I also want to say thanks for your continued support of this podcast. 
I know that there are a lot of you out there who listen regularly, and I really do appreciate it. So until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. Talk to you soon.